Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, September 13th, 2020. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. For those of you who do not feel comfortable attending church yet or have underlying health concerns, we would like to remind you that our podcast will still be available on the website, www.providencepc-altoona.org. If you do not have internet or computer availability, you can listen to the podcast via telephone at one 857 385-7521. Please note that long-distance phone rates apply. We thank those of you who are currently able to support the church with your offerings. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. If you would like to financially support relief efforts for the victims of Hurricane Laura, you can do so in either of two ways. You can send or give a check made out to the church marked Hurricane Laura Relief, or you can send a donation electronically to the Presbyterian Disaster Relief Program at https colon forward slash forward slash p d-a dot p-c-u-s-a dot org forward slash situation forward slash hurricane dash Laura. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
Let us join in our call to worship. People of God, bless the Lord. Bless God's holy name. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love for us. Let us join together in prayer. God, our source and our salvation, in love you made us and by love you have redeemed us. Make your love for us bear fruit in our forgiveness of others, that in this life we may know your all-embracing compassion and in the world to come receive the everlasting joy of fellowship with to share with your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us join together in our prayer of confession. Loving God, we confess that we have failed to live in harmony with our sisters and brothers. We have been self-righteous in our attitudes, closed-minded in our beliefs, and judgmental in our opinions. We have shunned those whose ways we do not understand, we have despised those who do not endorse our convictions. Forgive our sins of discord and deceit and heal our divisiveness and quarreling. Help us to be charitable in our regard for others that we may dwell in peace with Christ, who is Lord of all. Amen. Friends, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Our psalm reading this morning is taken from Psalm 103, verses 8 through 13. And I'm reading from the message. God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as the heavens are over the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. As far as the sun rises from the sunset, he has separated us from our sins. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. Our gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of Matthew 
chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Once again, reading from the message. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Jesus replied, Seven, hardly. Try seventy times seven. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of a hundred thousand dollars. He couldn't pay. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance, and I'll pay you back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants, who owed him ten dollars. He seized him by the throat and demanded, Pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, Give me a chance, and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail, until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you have been compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back the entire debt. That is exactly what my Father in Heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. Here ends our reading from God's Word. May He bless it to our hearts and lives. Amen. Well, today we sort of pick up where we left off last week, if you heard the message. We are talking about how chapter 18 of Matthew is sort of a looking at how to get along in the family of God. It started out with the disciples saying, who is the greatest? And Jesus responded by bringing a little child among them and say, whoever becomes like this little child, in other words, to become humble, is the least in the kingdom of God. Then he said that anyone who causes a humble one, a childlike one, to sin is in great danger. The chapter continues, and we come to the part where we read last week. And the key thing for verses 15 through 20 is that one should never, ever give up on making forgiveness and reconciliation our goal. We don't just overlook sin. God does not call us to do that. God is not like a doting grandfather who lets people just get away with whatever they will. We are called to face the consequences of our actions. God does that with us, and we are called to hold others to account for where they have wronged us. But the reason we do this is always for the goal of making forgiveness and reconciliation. We never confront sin for vengeance, for getting even, for causing judgment. We do so for forgiveness and reconciliation. 
If, conf if confrontation has to happen, as it often does, it must always be with forgiveness in mind, never revenge. We turn then from verses 15 through 20 to verses 21 through 35. And once again, good old Peter, he uh, takes it into his mind to speak up. Maybe the other disciples are thinking in similar lines, but Peter speaks up. He almost opens his mouth and speaks before he really thinks about what he's going to say. He says, you know, he says, uh, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Well, in the tradition of the rabbis at that time, you forgave three times. Uh, the idea is you, if someone sinned against you, and, and always the idea is the person comes back and is asking for forgiveness. If they do it once, you forgive them. If they do it twice, you forgive them. But after the third time, you don't forgive them. So Peter thinks he's being very magnanimous here. Uh, he says seven times. Why he picked seven, we're not sure, other than perhaps that was the number for perfection. So he says seven times. Jesus replied, as in our paraphrase here, seven, hardly, try 77 times, or 70 times seven, both translations are permissible with the different uh, manuscripts of the scripture. And we wonder why Jesus responded with this number. Well, for one thing, you know, 77 times or particularly uh, 70 times seven is a number we can't keep track of within our head. But also in the book of Genesis, in the fourth chapter, um, you know, it, 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 there's a man by the name of Lamech that says, well, if Cain is avenged seven times, if someone would kill Lamech, they will be avenged 77 times. So that is the, uh, the utmost in vengeance. 77 times responds to the utmost vengeance for getting evil, for, even for a wrong. So Jesus is saying 77 times to say this is the perfection in forgiveness, that there, there doesn't come an end to forgiving. And then he goes on to tell a story, a parable. And unlike some parables, this one is easy to understand. He says that a king brings, uh, decides to balance his books, find out who owes him what. And he barely got started when one servant is brought before him who had run up a debt, and our translation says $100,000. Well, really, that's just to con you know, contrast with the $10 debt of the other servant. In reality, the words that are used here re refer to a, a number that would take 30,000 lifetimes to repay. I mean, it's an impossible debt. There's no way anybody can repay that debt. In contrast, the other servant owes the first servant a debt of 300 denarii, which is equivalent to 300 days of work. So you have about one year as opposed to 30,000 years of servitude here. So this, this servant is brought before the king and he falls to his knees and begs, just give me time and I'll pay it back. But it's an impossible amount to pay back. 
But it says the king, his master, his lord, at first he was going to auction them off, he and his wife and children and possessions, to the slave traders. But when the man threw himself down at the feet and begged, the king had mercy. He offered forgiveness. The debt was erased. Well, you think this man would be very grateful, very thankful for the forgiveness he has just received. But it says he had no sooner gone out the door from his master's presence when he bumped into a fellow servant who owed him, and it says here, a fellow servant who owed him $10. In other words, a, a minuscule amount compared to what he owed. And he seized him by the throat and he says, pay up now. In almost the exact same words, it says the poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But unlike the king, this man would not do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. Well, like real life, people watch. People are watching us to see what we do. And the fellow servants saw, they, they, they got the news, even if they weren't in the room, they, the, the word got around what the king had done for this man. And then said, well, gee whiz, when the king did that, then why in the world did he do this? And so they take the word back to the king saying, do you know what that man you forgave did? It says at that point, the king summons the man and says to him, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you have been compelled to have mercy on your fellow servant? who asked for mercy. In our translation, it says, the king was furious and put the screws to the man. Literally, it says he had him imprisoned and tortured until the debt could be paid. And it was an unpayable debt, so he was tortured till he died. It's very interesting, though, the last words of the, this passage. It says, and that's exactly what my Father in heaven is going to do to each of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asked for mercy. So we saw the first lesson in verses 15 through 20 are that one should never ever give up making forgiveness and reconciliation one's goal even if confrontation is necessary. But there is a second lesson in this chapter 18 and that's the one we were just looking at here in verses 21 through 35 and that is God, you know, that God will refuse to, you know, people who refuse to forgive will themselves be refused forgiveness. Isn't that, to put it bluntly, so harsh that it seems to be out of keeping with the rest of the New Testament? Doesn't the New Testament speak out with one voice on this subject? Forgiveness is God's province. He's a God of mercy and forgiveness. And if he is willing to forgive us for our sins, our sin, which is like the debt of this first servant, beyond reckoning, there's no way we can earn forgiveness with God. 
if God is willing to forgive us, if we've really experienced that forgiveness, then how can we refuse to share that forgiveness with others who have harmed us? Yes, we might, we don't overlook sin. We might have to confront sin. Hopefully they'll repent, and when they do, we need to forgive. You know, forgiveness is more like the air in your lungs. There's only one room for you to inhale one breath at a time. You breathe in. You can't take any more in. Before you can take another breath, you have to breathe out. It's like that with forgiveness. We breathe in God's forgiveness. We're experiencing his, his mercy, his grace. But before we can receive any more of that, then we have to be willing to breathe out and share that forgiveness with others whom we come in contact with. If we refuse to do so, then we will soon suffocate. Is God not able to forgive us if we don't forgive others? I don't think it's so much a matter of God cannot, but God chooses not to. It's only if we are open to receive God's love and forgiveness and then in turn are willing to share that forgiveness with others. If it's locked up within us, then it'll be locked up to others. So we see here this chapter has two twin emphasis on taking sin seriously and forgiving without limit. They balance each other as we seek as members of the community to live well with Jesus and one another. Jesus had already told the disciples this earlier in Matthew, taught us the Lord's Prayer, which we join together in each week. We say, forgive us our debts, or some people say, forgive us our trespasses, or the more modern translation simply says, forgive us our sins. And it says, as we forgive those who trespass, who are debtors, who sin against us. And there too, Jesus said, if you are unwilling to forgive others, then God will not forgive you. Because if we refuse to forgive, that means we've never really known what forgiveness is. That was the case for this man. He must, he must have thought that his words were persuasive. He must have thought, well, he, he, he conned his master into, you know, the, the, his willingness to work was enough. He earned the forgiveness he received. He didn't see it was a matter of mercy. He didn't see it was a matter of grace. But if we see how much God has forgiven us, then whatever others owe us, it's a minuscule amount in comparison. And we, with God's help, can find the strength to forgive others. To God be the glory, now and forever, all men. Now let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's prepare to join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us to be ever mindful how much we are recipients of your grace and your mercy. You do not treat us as our sins deserve, but rather extend to us unlimited forgiveness as we come and put our trust in you. Lord, as your children then, we should be people, men and women, who are willing to forgive others when they confess their sins. Help us, Lord, to be willing to not think we're too important to forgive others, not to think we're too special to forgive others, not to think we're better than others, but rather realize that the forgiveness that we offer to them is just a minuscule part of the mercy and grace that you have on us. And then, Father, we come before you this day. We ask you to be with those who are grieving the passing away of loved ones, that your healing power would rest on those who are sick or injured and restore them to health. We pray that you would bless our congregation as we, with all of our culture, society here in America, are going through this difficult time of the pandemic. We pray, Lord, that you would bless our leaders and guide them. Bless us as we prepare to go to the polls and vote in a couple months. We thank you. You do hear and answer our prayers. We join in that prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Now go in peace, practice forgiveness, live the gospel in the name of Jesus our Lord, and the blessing of God be with you, the love of Jesus fill you, and the power of the Holy Spirit sustain you, now and forevermore. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.